it's it's ludicrous, really, isn't but it? I still, I mean, yes. uh, to the 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 whole idea of it, that yes. uh, that democracy looks like two women taking a selfie together <laughs> does not. From the smallest room in New York City comes a show that gives you a reason to live. Well, they picked the wrong spot for a kidnapping. This group of bumbling crooks who were busted, uh, allegedly forcing a victim into a car, holding him for ransom. And they were just feet away from the NYPD training center. Yeah, the would-be abductors allegedly turned, uh, lured the 19-year-old victim to New Ultrecht Avenue and 72nd Street in Benson Hoist. That's in violent Brooklyn. At 10 p.m. Wednesday after agreeing, agreeing to buy his car on Facebook Marketplace. Yes, you, you must be careful meeting people in the middle of the night in bad neighborhoods or questionable neighborhoods. Uh, when uh, selling a car, he arrived. Six brutes allegedly pushed him into a vehicle. As one of them flashed a fake gun, then the blind they blindsided him, demanded ten grand from his cousin over the phone for his safe return. Join me now, the author of The Last Days of New York, Seth Barron. Hey, Seth. Hey, Pat. How are you? I'm doing very well. How's the book doing? The book is doing great. Love to hear it, and uh, it's uh, it's about the it's about the last few years that have been happening in New York City. It is a the book is kind of a potted history of the last eight years, the year the De Blasio years, as mm-hmm. we might call them, the era, the the progressive ascendancy, as I call it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Prague, as I call it, <laughs> along with uh, uh, you know Melissa. Uh, what, what was her name? Uh, Mark Viverito. of course. Yeah, I'm sure she plays a part in the oh, book. Oh, I think she's mentioned. She's mentioned. Uh, yeah, I, I, I basically cover the, the gamut of the de Blasio years mm-hmm. from his uh, inauguration uh, and the uh, statement of the tale of two cities through the death of Eric Garner mm-hmm. and his, his stated fear that his own biracial son, a Yale-bound honors student, might f- suffer the same fate as Eric Garner, a... Mm. Obese middle-aged career criminal. Yes, resisting <laughs> arrest while selling loose cigarettes. That could have been my son. <laughs> yes. I look at Eric Garner and I see what's his name again? Dante. Dante. Oh, Dante. Yeah. is Dante safe? I remember the "Is Dante safe?" speech. Is right. my child safe? I've had to worry over the years. Relaine's had to worry. Was Dante safe each night? There are so many families in this city. Feel that each and every night is my child safe, <laughs> right? So, uh, you know, and then I cover, um, I basically cover the uh crime and policing, how de Blasio undid 20 25 years of progress in keeping the streets safe with a stroke of a pen, with a stroke of a pen, basically. Yeah, it is mightier than the sword. Apparently, the cops are carrying the sword and he is carrying the pen. And and here's something I'm curious about. If you find that to be such a uniting message, tale of two cities, it's just a, it seems just on its face to say like, you know, we are going to, this is, let me point out the division. Yeah. Right. I mean, it, it, it was like, uh, you know, class warfare from the, from the get go. I mean, it's so funny, like recently or last, maybe it was last summer, but he was giving a, he was on the radio and someone was saying like, oh, things aren't so good here. People are leaving. And he's like, don't leave. He's like, stay here. Help me tax the rich. Help me build affordable housing in white communities. (laughs) It's just such like a bizarre thing to come out and say. But affordable housing was something he made certain promises on, a certain percentage of, you know, mm-hmm. was he able, did he make anywhere near good on the affordable housing promise? Well, see, here's the whole thing uh, with affordable housing. Uh, 
with his model of doing it. And, you know, look, if you want to do it, this is how you have to do it. You have to get developers. You have to tell developers, okay, you can build like tall buildings for at market rate, you know, we'll let you build them taller or whatever that, you know, more so than the zoning rules allow. And in exchange, you have to provide, say, 10 or 15 or 20 percent, you know, housing for middle income people or, uh-huh. or you know, it's basically you have to subsidize the, um, the rents. And, you know, I mean, whether that's good or bad, whatever, it's a policy decision. But nowadays, see, that's seen as um, the left doesn't like that anymore. For one thing, it doesn't build enough housing. Uh, it doesn't build housing for very poor people. And, and these, are, these are actually valid problems that they have with it. I mean, because it, it doesn't really do that much housing, and, it, and it's not for the very poor. Right, but you can never build housing for the very poor. Like, when in history do, we, do people build, like, brand-new housing for very poor people? Even NYCHA was not built for very poor people. It was built for working people. Mm-hmm. The idea behind NYCHA, like the, the public housing in New York City, was always for working people, families, mm-hmm. to have a clean, livable place to, to live. So NYCHA housing is really doing already what the, the this kind of a plan would do. Well, NYCHA very quickly deteriorated and became <laughs> just for poor. I mean, NYCHA has become welfare housing, basically. So for, they figure, hey, that worked out well. Let's do it with uh, the new building. Well, so. they wanted to put like, you know, look, it worked. If you like, there's people who, who win the lottery and like, you know, maybe they make 40 grand and they live in a really nice building. So that's fine. The, the advocates, <laughs> oh, right, the yeah. leftist advocates want true social housing. They want massive amounts of housing built for very poor people who, who will pay virtually nothing who will pay who will pay nothing okay well yeah. that's not going to work out too that's good. not so, going to work out so, so in a sense de blasio you know he the thing about being like kind of a crook and kind of corrupt mm-hmm. is that you have to be sort of realistic about what you're doing right and like if you're a bank robber, you're you're just going to go in and rob the neighborhood branch. You're not going to try to take on Fort Knox. Mm-hmm. De Blasio understood. Okay, well we can't really build like a million houses this way. We'll we'll go to developers, and mm-hmm. you might have to edit this. You'll part. get a, you'll get a few th- you you'll get, <laughs> you'll get a few things done. But you know you're realistic. It, you know you're not, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so a castle for every broke ass dude is not necessarily going to happen. Let's no. talk, I want to return quick to this uh, to this case here. This uh, is, is a sort of a crime that could have happened in you know any time post internet, any time post Facebook, I guess Facebook Marketplace, or even before that, these kind of robberies might have happened through some of you know you lure somebody in with something what's uh, weird about this is kidnapping for ransom usually is for rich people not people trying to sell a car at 10 p.m in bensonhurst well you know where this happens a lot is in like third world countries like in latin america and places like that where like, they just have they just ask your cousin for 10 grand yeah they're yeah. like cough it up or we're gonna kill your your cousin mm-hmm. um so that's kind of a bad sign right yeah if it's that shows type of thing is coming here yeah so it's it's not it's not especially uh like auspicious uh, sign for the direction we're going in uh the no. quick thinking cousin traced the victim's phone 
to the area as the kidnappers moved east. They were pinging it along Floyd Bennett Field, uh, the cousin did, an NYPD training facility that's often crawling with cops. Officers from the 62nd and 63rd precincts, along with City Parks Department Police, rushed to the area, and the alleged kidnappers were arrested. So by 10 to midnight, the whole thing was over. They were arrested. They were in custody uh, Thursday afternoon, charges pending, and there you go. Um, I will bet that these guys are all from, like, Guyana or someplace like that. Mm-hmm. Like, someplace where you can get away with things like that? Yeah, 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 right. Some some sort of a, a, a Central American or South American third world place or Caribbean. Where is Guyana? It's Caribbean, right? Well, it's on the coast of South America. Okay, gotcha. Uh, okay, that, that sounds like a good bet to me. Like, where they do this kind of thing routinely? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's part of the last days in New York, too, if the, if these are indeed the last days in New York. I mean, you, there's some people who don't want to hear that kind of thing. One is uh, is Heshi Tischler. He says, uh, last days of New York. Do you think so? Do you think that we're in the last days of New York? I, I certainly would not like to think that. I think we are going to win. I think we are going to succeed. I think we are going to thrive. And uh, I love Heshi Tischler. I wish him all the best, and, and I wish him success in his bid to become part of the city council. However, he may be a little too optimistic. Do you think New York is, is over? Do you think the last days of New York are, are what we're looking at right now? Well, look, what I, when I say the last days of New York, what I'm saying is that the prosperity and public safety that New Yorkers have come to expect and maybe gotten a little complacent about, mm-hmm. I think those days may be uh, in the rearview mirror now. Okay. I think that we're going to have a tough time rolling back uh, crime. And partially it's because the city council and the state legislature very deviously have codified chaos. Yes. Um, they've made it illegal to roll it back. They've, yes, they have, because they've instituted bail reform, uh, criminal discovery reform. Uh, they have decriminalized public urination and drinking in public and marijuana. It was effectively okay, sort of virtually before, but now you smoke a joint right in front of the police. It's all good. Yeah. Um, they have made it difficult for the police themselves to do their job. They've eliminated qualified immunity. Mm-hmm. They passed the diaphragm law. You know, another thing that de Blasio did very early on in his mayoralty is put the NYPD under federal monitorship. Yeah. And it's still under federal monitorship. And so there's a federal monitor who... You know, scrutinizes all of their procedures. I believe that was ordered by Shira Sheenland, who was taken off of that case, and they were in appeal uh, or something. I mean, uh, you know, yes. and they dropped the appeal. Bloomberg had initiated that, and in the meantime, uh, we had a change of card at the leadership. And then uh, I, I suppose uh, there were there were a couple of things that seem almost as if de Blasio made a couple of deals with the good Reverend Al, Al Sharpton in exchange for his support, one being the, to just like rubber stamp any award for the Central Park Five that they asked for. Right. And then the other one being this, you know, to go ahead and drop this, uh, drop the appeal and let uh, the federal monitor come in. And among other reforms that took place is also this bogus ruling by Shira Sheenland on stop and frisk. Yes. No, you're exactly right. Um, I should have come to you when I wrote that part. <laughs> no. Is that is that a fact? Do you think that, that they really did have some sort of informal arrangement? Uh, I don't know exactly. I mean, I think that this is, I don't think he would have necessarily needed to have a quid pro quo on that. I think this was, oh sure, you know, getting rid of stop, question, frisk, 
going along with the um, with Shira Scheinland's findings. I think that was all him and Al, Al Sharpton really had no arguments to begin with. No, yeah, not on that. No. So uh, yeah, and we end up with with some of these crimes. Now this sounds a little strange, uh, you know, just because of the recent direction of of the the United States in general and you know New York specifically and any liberal city specifically a 26 six year old woman 26 year old woman was busted Thursday for speeding through a line of cops in Brooklyn during a chaotic protest last year her name is Samantha Bott arrested and charged with assault attempted assault reckless endangerment obstruction unlawful fleeing and reckless driving strange to me that she would be charged at all. Uh, it's it's all, but you know it's because usually they're the ones stopping the cars to begin with. You know it's it's like we see them crowded around police cars. We see them crowded around uh, you know anybody's car, beating on it and doing all these things. She was actually the one in the car this time. What does she do? The thing that they act so shocked when anybody does, which is just drive away. And who did she run into? She run into people. Well, uh, she's charged, you know, like with with assault, among other things. So, um, and w- when did she do this? Was it during the protest? Yeah, it was yeah during a chaotic protest in violent Brooklyn last year. She was in a 2001 Mercury Grand Marquis, which is a fine, fine car, rounded in the front and and lovely, pillow smooth ride. I'm sure her license plate is another one. Mm. And she allegedly sped away from cops at Smith Street and Atlantic Avenue. Uh, this is last October during uh, demonstrations over the Philadelphia police shooting of. You couldn't even name it. You know, say his name and all that. We don't remember his name, but it's Walter Wallace Jr. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, she's, I'm trying to go home, a video from the time captured the, her yelling this. Uh, I'm trying to go home. That's what That's what they all say. So she wasn't a protester. She's trying to go home from the protest, I think. I think she was trying to, yeah, she had been protesting, oh, okay. I think. I see. I think, but it says cops can be seen in the video trying to smash the sedan's windows to stop the driver. Police say two cops were hit by the car and suffered minor injuries. Photos of her car uh, show a pair of stickers in the back window, one saying, fuck the police, the other, Black Lives Matter. Mm. So, yeah, she's on the uh, winning team here, I guess, uh, and uh, this is a, that's her deal. You know, she's very self-satisfied looking in the photos that we can see of her in the uh, Grand Marquis. They often are. So it says uh, Crime Stoppers 1-877-57, uh, 1-800-577-TIPS, 1-800-577-TIPS. That's printed on this picture of her, and I guess uh, they... Probably just wrote a ticket at the time, or, or maybe there was a warrant out, and they waited until they came across her. I mean, she probably was not considered a very high priority. I don't think there was a manhunt underway for her since last October. Probably not. So, um, you know, I don't know what else she did to, I suppose they would have mentioned it. Maybe they just, why would they decide to finally prosecute it, I guess is what I'm saying. If it wasn't that, the, with the warrant, you know. No clue. No clue. You know what organization I like? Um, Cop Shot. What's cop shot? Well, I think it stands for citizen. I always like this name. Citizens outraged at police being shot. Okay, so I guess it's like citizens. It's supposed to be citizens outraged by the shooting of police. Uh But it sounds like citizens outraged by police being shot. (laughs) (laughs) Which which I'm all for. (laughs) You're outraged by the police. I'm for you being shot. And there's so much outrage for the police and so little to be outraged by. And yet, you know, they can make it seem like that's not the case. She said, yeah, I'm trying trying to go home. Accelerated through the line of cops. Uh, I mean, it seems like if they knew her license plate, 
they would they would have been able to find her a little more quickly. I mean, were they looking for her? She was still on the loose. It says right as of, I don't think so. Maintenance worker. Uh, the, I bet it starts off with yeah, the driver who accelerates. So usually it starts with say police are looking for, mm. and we're not seeing that. I mean, at this point in New York, there's so many people, like with outstanding warrants, people who are let out, like you know, people who don't, who 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 hurt people, shoot people, and then they're yes. let out. So I mean, why would they be? Yeah, especially just against cops. I mean, why would they care? Yeah, right. You know. Uh, it's a good question. Around the same time of this arrest now, a driver hit two protesters near the Brooklyn Bridge, traveling five blocks with one clinging to his hood before an NYPD car then sideswiped a bike rider while in pursuit. Okay. So this is a mess. I, li- I like all of that. Yeah, the whole thing. The whole Keystone Cops <laughs> affair. Uh, it works well. The NYPD said Jason Alicia who was 21, was driving his Volkswagen sedan, quote, aggressively, to force his way through around 30 uh, bicyclists who were riding in tribute to George Floyd. What the hell happened? You did it again. Um, I have, like, I mean, admittedly, I don't drive. Right. But just seeing people protesting by blocking a street makes my blood boil me too i i I just i don't i don't know why but my my sympathy goes to anyone stuck in that situation could not agree more and there's nothing more like it's just so patently fake and self-righteous to be like we are peacefully protesting in the street you can do nothing to us and we have no permit to be here we have yeah and you can't we, although you have much greater power in in your car to you could kill us right now but fuck you fuck you and and the outrage they have when somebody does manage to make it through get his license plate yeah yeah yeah, yeah. or 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 chase him down and destroy him. Yeah, exactly. They do chase. They do try to destroy. It says they were writing in tribute to George Floyd. Um, so he and he was. Uh, and when was this? He, when did this happen? This happened in late May. This year or last year? Of this year. Oh, okay. Yeah, this just happened, and but it happened the, the, along the same. This actually was reported the day before this woman's arrest. Okay. For doing this, so I wonder mm. what the connection could be. I doubt there's one, but the cops said it says one of the group jumped on the hood as the car tried to get past them. So they jumped on the hood. Who's being aggressive here? Right. Uh, as it tried to get past him on the Brooklyn side of the bridge, this is on the Brooklyn Bridge around 12, uh, 10, 20 p.m., and he accelerated through the group. An NYPD spokesperson said he hit a 39-year-old man as he drove away while the initial protester clung to the hood as Alicia drove at least five blocks. Video footage then shows cyclists screaming and yelling abuse at an NYPD vehicle trying to get past them with the cop car clipping another cyclist as it drove in pursuit. What the fuck is going on, the man filming said. Here's a... Actually, there is a clip of him, of this whole scene here. I don't know if you've seen this or not. No, I haven't. It's always the same thing. It's always the same howls of outrage. All 
All right. See, get here's that the thing about plans. the whole thing about civil disobedience mm-hmm. is it has to be civil. Well, uh, civil disobedience is specifically not constitutionally protected. The whole point of civil disobedience is that you're breaking the law. Yeah, you're disobeying. You're disobeying. So, yes, you're doing it civil, civilly, I guess, but that doesn't mean that it's... It, there's this mistake that it's constitutionally protected and nobody can do anything to you if you're doing it. It's not protected by the First Amendment. Yeah. The certain- point is, is you're breaking the, you're, you're breaking the law intentionally and, and here's the key part, you're willing to accept the consequences. That's right. And this, you know, I mean... The Selma marchers, Martin Luther King. The whole point was, yeah, we're going to get beat up. But this is an important cause. We might go to jail. But do not swing back. Right. These guys, their attitude is like, all right, we're marching in the streets. We we're blocking right, traffic. Protected if, right to freedom if, of speech and protest. Right, and if you try to get biased, we'll beat the shit out of you. Yeah. We'll jump on your car. Because we'll create a liability we're for you. The, we're the ones being, and we're protected by the First Amendment. Which is not true. Which is not true. That's just their attitude. And it's supported. Yes. It's supported by public opinion, not by public opinion in, by, you know, at large, I don't think. No, but like official public opinion, Which like politicians, the media, the media. Yeah, they're all for it. They're all, they, it, even the Post slants it towards that too. I mean, just by not pointing out the very thing you just pointed out, you and uh, say Colin Flaherty. And a couple of others, maybe Tucker Carlson, are really the only journalists. You know, there's only a few good journalists. There's, there's a few more than that. I'm really in good company. Uh, yes, you are. <laughs> you are, yeah, and so are they. The NYPD confirmed that a marked SUV made contact with a male bicyclist with its side view mirror. The three people hit all men. Refuse medical attention at the scene. They're fine. Alicia, uh, that's the guy who was uh, driving with the guy in the hood. He's from uh, Yorktown Heights in Westchester, charged with reckless endangerment and leaving the scene of an accident. I say you charge all those motherfuckers who were blocking the shit, blocking the Brooklyn Bridge. You know what? You're on your own. Uh, Blocking roadways, to me, should just be patently, and it is illegal, as you just pointed out, but it should be. That's something that should be enforced. I don't care what the cause is. I don't care. Yeah. That they it's for, I don't even get, I don't even understand the connection between stopping traffic and racial justice. No, you tell me, I can't None. see one. They're not on their way to a Klan rally or something. You know what I mean? The people trying to get past. No, <laughs> no they're just going home. These aren't the insurrectionists. <laughs> they're nobody. They're just regular ass people having regular ass lives. Going, what the fuck is this? Are you kidding me? And you can imagine how their blood boils instantly, too. You know? But they just, a lot of times, will just roll to a stop. What other choice do they have? And then once they're stopped, people are getting in front of them. They're, they're inserting their legs, like, underneath the bumpers. I don't even think that this guy on the bicycle was hit the way, I mean, it looks like. But we're only seeing it from this one angle. Seems to me like he probably slapped the side of the fucking car and fell over. Or if he's clipped by the fucking window, by the mirror rather, on the side view, view, side view mirror, that's a, there's a limited amount of damage that's going to get done there anyway. He's not hit by the fucking car. No. I had this girlfriend in high school, and um, like her dad had been in Vietnam, and one time she told me that I guess he was driving down the highway and there were some people in the highway. Like, I don't know what, what the deal was. But anyway, so he ran directly into them. And I think, like, what she was saying is like, well, he had to or he might have gotten killed by veering into the next. But I kind of figured, like, this guy seemed like a bit of an asshole. Like, I could imagine him doing the calculation quickly, like, 
I think I'll take these people out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to drive through aggressively. <laughs> I mean, he was like speed. He was on the highway. So he was going like 60 miles an hour. If but, he hit three people and none of them had to go to the hospital, no harm, no foul. I mean, he made it as far as I'm concerned. The guy, whoever jumped on the fucking hood should get a ticket for reckless endangerment. That's your reckless. What could be more rec- reckless or endangering than jumping onto the hood of Look, a fucking how moving many car? people were arrested last summer for... Uh, trying to firebomb police cars, throwing Molotov cocktails, all that stuff. There was one lawyer. Yeah, those two lawyers. I, I think, did, do they still have, are they still facing charges? I, I doubt, doubt it. Doubtful. Yeah. Yeah, doubtful. Yeah, so nothing, nothing. I mean, there was tons of shit being done and nothing about it. And there was a lot of reckless endangerment going on, a lot of glass breaking, a lot of uh, public. I mean, like, fuck, they were looting. And, and and the idea that they're looting to feed their families, give me a break. I've had it with that. You know what I mean? We're having shoes for dinner, you know? It's not a thing. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm hoping Liz Crotty. That's the, the uh, attorney who's arrested? Liz no, no, Crotty? Liz Crotty is running for um, Manhattan District Attorney. Okay. I'm hoping... Um, is she a good candidate? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, she's she's somebody that um that you could get behind. Okay. Yeah. Um, that sounds good for me. Uh, if she... That she wins and puts a lot of people in jail and then runs for mayor in four years. The that's, one we, that's my dream. The one we most need most need to avoid would be Maya Wiley, because if she gets in, it's uh it's it's de Blasio squared. Oh, it's game over if Maya Wiley gets in. She hasn't even followed along the uh like like uh you pointed out in a recent column, you know, de Blasio at least had to learn the ins and outs of local politics and this was a follow up, I suppose, to your article of uh, yesterday. Uh, actually this came out yesterday. Yeah mine but, I think is today. Yeah today's uh you know how much money she takes from uh, Soros uh, has taken. She's uh, her husband uh, was the CEO of uh, a company uh, or of a I think a nonprofit or something that uh, was run by Soros and financed by Soros or something. Uh, it's uh, the, she's she's eaten up with all this bad money and she's uh, and of course he's a billionaire and of course you know she tweets uh, AOC you know oh my god this is what democracy looks like billionaires ruin politics and what is she doing taking money from Soros? Well, I just like that she put up. Like this picture of her, she, she doesn't seem very smart. She put up this selfie of her and AOC, and yeah, she wrote, "This is what democracy looks like." Well, usually, I mean, I think that's a stupid phrase anyway. But at least when people say it, and it's like thousands of people doing something. Okay, well, I guess you could argue. But how can you argue that a selfie of two women, one of whom has never been elected to anything, is what democracy looks like? Yeah, sure. That's, that seems a bit of a stretch. It's a, it's yeah, it's beyond a stretch. It's a it's it's ludicrous, really, isn't it? That's amazing. I mean, uh, yes. the, the the whole idea of it, that, yes. uh, that democracy looks like two women taking a selfie together. <laughs> uh, and now, also, uh, you know, from, from uh, uh, the New York Post, did you know? People don't even know where the mustard is anymore. Do you know about uh, the Hudson Yards vessel? Yeah. And that they have banned individual visitors after a rash of suicides. Yeah. Now the Hudson Yards vessel is like uh, just like sort of an attraction, I guess. It's like a an observation deck, you know, that that kind of goes up in like uh, widening, uh, you know, uh, uh, what kind of it surfaces. looks like a cylinder of gyro meat. <laughs> It's like a pine cone, maybe. Yeah. It's it's sort of like a like I have a, a copper pine cone a, shape. A, yeah, a bell pepper that sits on its fucking. Yeah. But the, the now people are have been jumping off of it apparently. Well, it's, it's very. Uh, it would be very easy to do. 
Yes, apparently it has been. I mean, it's uh, there's there's just a regular ass rail. I don't know what's on the inside here with the glass and stuff. Is there actually an indoor part of that, no, or is it no, no? no? It's just it's just strictly a bunch of stairs. And, yeah, is it stairs? Stairs, and then there's also an ele- an elevator. All right, yeah. So it's uh, but it's mostly stairs. I I went on it. Three visitors past year jumped off the 150 feet tall structure. That's pretty. It's 150 feet. That's what it says. Yeah. It doesn't feel that high, but yeah, I guess it is. It doesn't look that high either. 150 feet is 10 stories or so, is that right? 15 stories. 15 stories? I thought of it more as like eight stories or so. Hmm. Uh, Well, Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez making out. I love it. A steamy PDA-packed dinner they had together. That is so exciting. Everyone is so Fucking stoked. Benifer? Is that what they called it? Uh, Benifer, yeah. Uh, they uh, Or Bepez? Was it? <laughs> was this like 20? Because she's already been married to it. Because she, she, she was married to um, Mark Anthony. Yes. She was married to A-Rod. Yeah. Tom Cruise. No. Uh, somebody else. Yeah, she was married to a couple of other, what, athletes, right? So, but this goes, well, Mark Anthony was a singer. A but, singer, an athlete, so and now this, an actor. Her relationship with Ben, this is like a... A callback to like twenty years ago, practically. Yeah, it's a nice throwback, isn't it? I mean, like we, I, I, I think that that the early two thousands were one thing. They were all right. The nineties is where it's at. The nineties, really? Who was the big couple back then? Oh, I don't care about that. I'm just saying the nineties. What a fun time, you know? I, I mean, mean and I like, guess. like you, you know, the shows that started in 1995, like Sybil. And Caroline oh, in the city shows. When you look at those, <laughs> that's the last five years or so of of like internet is a, is still like this weird like thing about what who where'd you meet him on the internet you know and like uh-huh. and there's no cell phones so people are walking around with books and stuff there's uh-huh. no smartphones like, what are you reading right now read a book all that kind of that's shit it's just this intellectual you know time that we was a boom time economically uh, with uh, the Clinton uh, era and all mm. that kind of shit. I find it fast. It's heck bubble. Uh, we um, talked. We talked about this on Lollapalooza. The, yeah, yeah, Lollapalooza. The um, what was the the women's? It was the uh, something festival. The uh, oh, the Cond festival. Was that what it was called? No, it was uh, the Lilith Fair. The Lilith Fair. Yeah, <laughs> with like Annie DeFranco and Sarah McLaughlin and mm-hmm. um, others. M- Meredith Brooks. <laughs> Liz Fair. Liz Fair. Who did a song-by-song song rebuttal or something to Exile on Main Street. I, I heard about that, and yeah. that sounded real. Everybody would talk about how it was like... I can't that look... It, that it, that it super, super surpassed Exile on Main Street oh. as a classic album. It dunks on Exile on Main Street. <laughs> but you know what? Nobody ever talks about it anymore. Funny how that is, right? And uh, people it, still talk about Exile on Main they Street. They do still talk about that. So I guess, you know... Uh, it didn't work. It didn't quite work. But hey, you know what? It's just because of the misogyny of the general public. Like probably exactly. so look uh, I, there was another question I wanted to ask about your book I'm trying to remember exactly what it was the last are these the last days of New York was one you think it's the last days of the New York where we can take any kind of safety for granted and and as we decline still it, you know everything is in place they don't charge uh, 16 and 17 year olds anymore as adults they go to family court so that took a whole lot off the docket that can make it appear that on paper 
there's a lot fewer crimes than there actually are. So they can, you know, like grand larcenies and stuff, you know, the index crimes they can sort of like play with because the 16 year olds that don't count. Is that it true? It goes to family court. It's not a criminal case. Huh. So, you know, they can say arrests maybe, but, you know, they, uh-huh. of course there's a. Now, I don't think the cops intend it that way, no. but I think that the powers that be. So, okay, so that does happen. That's one of many things. Uh, how long do you think it can continue to decline? Shootings are way up. Homicides are up. Even sexual assaults now, I think, are yes, up. Yes, they are. And subway crime, insane. So how long can that continue before your your regular ass, liberal-minded, uh, Upper West Sider finally goes, this is a problem? Um, that's a good question. I think it could be a while. You know, people who have tolerated things so far can probably tolerate a lot more. You know, it's pretty easy just to shut your eyes to it and, you know, assume it's not going to happen to you. And it's like, whatever, just put your head down. Um, but, you know, New York is is facing... You know, look, de Blasio got bailed out by Biden. They gave him $12 billion, and he's spending it as fast as he can. Wow. They, they gave him the money that he's been trying to get all this time. Yeah. yeah. So the next mayor is going to have to, um, ha- you know, face a major, a major fiscal hole. Yeah. Could be and tough. Eventually, they're going to have to start doing real budgeting. Which means uh, they're not, which, okay, means we'll have to be a Republican in there somewhere. I don't not to say that they are so tight with the purse, purse strings, but they're usually a little bit better than some, than a criminal like De Blasio. Yeah, but you know, I mean, people talk about. I mean, Bloomberg didn't really rein in spending at all. Well, I mean, he would take out his own wallet and spend when the city council wouldn't. So, I don't know exactly what that does, but I know that he would for certain things. He would take out his own checkbook if it was a couple hundred thousand dollars that the city council didn't want to approve. God, that's such a quaint amount of money at this point uh, about him being a crook to Blasio. Now, and Maya Wiley, this is what I didn't know that you pointed out in your article of today, that Maya Wiley was actually the one who came up with this whole idea as a way to keep his uh, advisors you know, off of, of basically their emails were inviolate. Yeah. As a result. Yeah. Well, she came up with uh, calling his his consultants the agents of the city. Agents of the city, right? So, which protected them? Protect, yeah, protected their emails from from exposure. And she uh, came up with that. That was her. Yes, she she devised that strategy. And uh, another one of his uh, key sort of like little strategies too. I think you mentioned that she uh, came up with. Oh, the the Wi-Fi kiosks. Yes, yes, not a strategy, but the Wi-Fi, <laughs> the Wi-Fi kiosks, which are horrible. They were yeah, nothing. They were like they were these, like little porn centers at first. Yeah, for the and now homeless. they're just like these twelve foot, um, basically phone charging stations. Yeah, phone charging stations. I mean, sometimes you see people making. You can make a phone call. You can make a free phone call there. That's nice. Um, supposedly, like the way they talked about them was like, look, this is going to uh, close the digital divide. There's all kinds of people who need to access the internet. They can't. So I was saying they'll like, be yeah, assembling right there on yeah, the streets. Right. You're going to see them with their laptop filling out, you know, job applications mm-hmm, to get on. Learning how to code. Yeah. Um, yeah. Going with, to night school. Yeah. Yeah. Sitting on the sidewalk there next to one of these uh, kiosks. Mm-hmm. 
It seemed absurd. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you've got these twelve foot like advertising machines. Yeah, that's what it is. It seems like a like just a propaganda tool. You know, they yeah. come uh, all these things come up. You know, Blackout Tuesday and right. stuff, and then they list a bunch of names. It's just a. Uh, it's yeah. really a. Uh, boy, those things, like you said, ugly, pointless. And uh, and I suppose there there must have been some expense involved in converting these things. Uh, I think the um, I think Google paid for it. Oh, okay, good. Well, if Google's paying for it, that means that, that New York City is the be product. Really good. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and and they also do a lot of surveillance as well. But I mean, I assume it's not surveillance that is used to benefit law enforcement. No, no, no. It's surveillance. It's all. Com- I mean, the thing is, they 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 claim that it was not. They were not going to be used for anything like that, but. They're filled with all kinds of, um, what do you call it, surveillance gadgets and mm-hmm. sensors. There's cameras. I mean, why do they have cameras? Why should they have cameras? I mean, why, Good question. What, 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 you know, uh, and they pick, like, every everybody who walks by, it picks up your um, your cell phone signal. It probably goes right into your fucking pocket. It gets into your phone and says, what do we got here? Probably. You I know, mean, I don't know. I wouldn't doubt it. You know, and, and, you know, the facial recognition technology, I don't know if that's being used there. Who knows? But, you know, that's in China, they're using that. And, and people are saying, hey, how long until it comes to the USA? This is great because they have this facial recognition technology so that if you get onto a bus, you can uh, pay without having to reach into your pocket Pull out your card, mm-hmm. get it positioned properly in your hand, slide it through a card reader. I mean, that's a lot, right? And this is going to save a lot of time when they can just look at you, go directly into your bank account, and deduct the amount for the bus ride just on your face. It's going to be great. It's going to be great when they bring it here. But you know what I'd say? It, and you know the technology must be amazing. These facial recognition people know what the hell they're doing to have set this up in China. I know, right? <laughs> like, what the hell? Facial recognition. <laughs> and they're like, that's ding bong. And he has, you know, <laughs> wow. Incredible. Uh, yeah. So truly uh, dark days ahead. But, you know, Last Days of New York is on Amazon. It's available. You can also uh, find a link to it at crimereport.nyc. Seth, you'll be joining me on Crime Report on Compound very soon. Looking forward to that. This coming Thursday, Pete Thrawn, or Thrawn, he's an NYPD guy turned author uh, and uh, wrote a memoir based on some of the crazy shit that happened to him. He was a housing cop trying to make uh, his detective shield by getting collars because he wasn't a... you know, the uh, the nephew of uh, a high-ranking NYPD brass or anything like that. So we had to do it the old-fashioned way. And uh, got on the wrong side of some people. Some shit happened. He's a fascinating story. And uh, that's coming up on this Thursday. Also, Michael O'Sullivan, retired NYPD, will be there. Very cop-friendly show. And uh, I hope you guys have, are subscribed on Compound Media. So go to Compound Media. I'm on, like, four shows there. And I have my own show, Crime Report. Please go there and do it. Just do it and tell them why. It would be most appreciated. And uh, I don't like to ask for a lot, but I do want to inform you that uh, some things are coming up that we, we will have some new... Okay, let me just explain something, okay? Online shit happening in the very near future. If you're a fan of New York City Crime Report, you will be excited. But no news now. Just deal with it. For now, just get The Last Days of New York by Seth Barron. Uh, your first uh, book. Is it is I, my first book, and and so it's it's really cool that it's uh, that the, first of all that the topic is so perfect for this show, 
as uh, you know, we've kind of chronicled this, you and I, through these years. You know, there's always been so much to discuss. We both were engaged in doing this separately before. That's how we found each other. And uh, you, know, you continue the work on a much larger scale than you were when we met. That's for sure. Well, I, I, I owe it all to you. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> New York City Crime Report, the star maker podcast of New York City. Don't forget it. Uh, anyway, thanks so much uh, for being. You've been doing a lot of stuff. I know you've been really busy, so thanks for coming on. Oh, I, I always love to come on. And thank you for listening to New York City Crime Report. This is a safe space. It's called Badass AF. Castle for every broke-ass dude.